Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Holden, were you aware that chimpanzees are literally incapable of crying? I was not before this week. Oh yeah, (laughs) more on that a little later. Because what do we have in store this week, Holden? Yeah, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of uh, first new South Park special just came out on Paramount Plus, South Park The Streaming Wars. Then we also have the third episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then we have the first three episodes of The Boys. No movie this week because we just have a lot of uh, TV we watched. (laughs) Yeah, nothing really came out. Boys season three, just to clarify for it. Oh, yeah. Folks out there listening in the future. Yeah. There are a lot of ghosts in the future. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We finally figured out they were real. Yeah. All right, uh, Holden, let's get to it. That one movie podcast. Tom. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Oh, yeah. Back at the Toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. All right, Holden, what do we have this week? Let me just say, this is going to be a rapid-fire week, because unlike last week where we spent like 40 minutes... (laughs) On this segment, I think everything just came out last week. There's not much here. Uh, but first, we have a trailer uh, for the one of like the th- two or three Pinocchio movies coming out. <laughs> this one is the Disney one, the live action one coming out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's a Robert Zemeckis movie, Flip a Coin. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was going to say. I totally thought that... Uh, Guillermo del Toro was doing this, but Guillermo del Toro's thing is different. Yeah, he's okay. making his is a stop motion movie, and it's coming out on Netflix and probably good. Yeah, probably <laughs> better than this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, what do you think of this, Jimmy? I'm starting to doubt whether Tom Hanks is a good actor anymore. <laughs> Between uh, the Elvis trailer and this trailer, I'm like, is he trying? <laughs> um, I love Tom Hanks. He seems like a, a, a genuinely good person. I enjoy his roles. But recently, I feel like I have not been all that impressed with the roles that he has taken on. And maybe, you know, that could be just the direction or whatever. But um yeah, I it mean, looks it, very CGI, and they even show Pinocchio in the trailer. I watched this like once, like when it came out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know; it's not not as fresh in my mind. Holden, what 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 do you have to? Those were the, just the things that stood out. Tom Hanks is in it, <laughs> doing another weird character. It seemed very CGI. I don't remember seeing Pinocchio in the trailer, but he's in the thumbnail. So yeah, okay. I I don't think well, like we. I think we see the puppet, like like maybe Tom Hanks working on like the puppet, but you don't actually see him moving around. 
Um, to be fair, I think like we like we haven't seen the movies that we're like making fun of Tom Hanks for, right? It's true. I mean, just based on the trailer. Yeah. I mean, I cannot watch the Elvis trailer without just giggling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is very silly. Um, apparently, that movie's all right, so I don't know. Maybe he's not that bad, or maybe he's the reason why it's only all right. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't. Um, but uh, yeah, the the big thing that stuck out to me in this is that like the CGI characters and like animals and stuff just look like Robert Zemeckis. Like, like he has a very distinct CGI character style. <laughs> they look like Robert Zemeckis. They all no, yeah, they like look him. like Robert Zemeckis. No, they look like, they just look very much like his characters, which I don't think look very good. And he has the habit of just using CG on animals when they wouldn't necessarily need it. There's like a shot in this trailer where it's just like a cat, a cat like stretching and it's a C, it's like this very obviously cartoony CG cat. I'm like, you can just get a cat to do that. It wouldn't be that hard. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Are they going to have Tom Hanks do all the mocap like he did for the Polar Express? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. He's worked with Robert Zemeckis before, like multiple times, I guess. Because he yeah. did. Robert Zemeckis did Forrest Gump, right? Yep. Okay. Like I said, flip a coin. <laughs> It's a weighted coin towards yeah, bad. It days. is. <laughs> yeah, uh, people like Flight. I think he did Flight with Denzel Washington. Oh, I don't know anything. That's like a movie that I can visualize the poster in my head, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the plane goes upside down or something. Okay. <laughs> he, I, he might. I think he has some sort of drug addiction or alcoholism. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I. I am pessimistic golden i'm gonna go bergeron here yeah uh i will go bergeron i will say uh when when you wish upon a star uh came on we i'd flashbacks to our china trip jimmy (laughs) when we would (laughs) sing that you remember that yeah pre Uh, the podcast pre the podcast when we're like that was like the time we were like hey should we do a podcast yeah (laughs) wow there it was the what a bad idea here we are <laughs> what is it three years later i forgot how long it's been three years yeah, it's later been like three years since our china yeah. trip wow so here we Crazy. are um yeah anyway uh bergeron i don't know there if i go. said that um on to other news the hunger games prequel jimmy most the anticip- ballad of songbirds Song- and snakes yes uh, so one of the female lead has been cast, and it is none other than Rachel Zegler, uh, who we just saw in a West Side Story. Seems to be mm. taking Hollywood by storm because she's in like everything. <laughs> she's like been announced to be in everything. People seem to have liked her in West Side Story, so good she for her. Seems nice from mm-hmm. the interviews and stuff. Uh, good for her. Like I said, the only thing I know about this is that it's about President Snow and happened beforehand. Uh, obviously, and also prequel. I don't think. I don't think people really like this book. <laughs> yeah, that, no, I was going to say, like, I had the one student who was obsessed with the series and she didn't even finish that book. So, I was yeah, like, uh, yikes. Um, we'll see. I mean, I thought they made the third and fourth movies better than the third book. But, sure. yeah. boy, I read that once a lot, like, over 10 years ago, and I saw those movies each once. So, just... Even- 
whatever. <laughs> we'll see. If, I mean, I guess if they did, if they made some improvements on those movies, but even when that movie had come out, I had already like forgotten how Mockingjay went. And so like some of the twists and stuff, I was like, oh, wow, I don't remember this. Okay. And now I also still don't remember it. So. And that was like the first time, wasn't they? Because they used like the unused footage to put Philip Seymour Hoffman in it because it was after oh, his yeah. death. They That's like right. did it before Rise of Skywalker did it with Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and know. I think it was a lot smoother too. Oh, like, absolutely. I don't remember that being jarring, even though I was aware of that fact. It was like a good scene too, I want to say too, or whatever. Yeah. There might have been one scene where they like replaced what he would would have done with like Hamish or something. He's like, oh yeah, well that guy said this, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron. Good for her though. Yeah, good for her. Um, Morbius, Jimmy. <laughs> I heard about this. <laughs> it's Morbin time, baby. It's Morbin time. So Morbius, I mean, we haven't really talked about it on, the, on this podcast at all, but Morbius has been quite a, a phenomenon in the meme community. Uh, people love to meme it because it's a movie that is so dumb and everyone agrees that it just shouldn't exist. Um, but one of the things I think is funny about it is that the joke is all it, like none of the jokes are like things in the movie. No one actually knows anything that happens in this movie. The jokes are just that it exists. No scenes are like actively <laughs> made fun of. Um, anyway, the memes brought it back, Jimmy. It was it came back to theaters this weekend. It re-released in over 1000 theaters this weekend because the studio looked at this and was like, all right, the memes are big. So, of course, if we bring it back when the memes are at their height, then it's going to make a lot of money. But Jimmy, Eliza did not go that well. <laughs> what it made like eighty five thousand or something? Yeah, I think it was in its first day or two. In which I mean, it's only been re released for a few days now. It only made eighty five thousand dollars. Which, if you break that down, over that means it's less than eighty five dollars on average per theater, which is not very good. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. I just I thought that was really funny because Morbius is dumb. And it's good. It's Morbin time. Uh, yep. Hilarious. <laughs> did they under? Did the Sony executives understand that this was an ironic obsession? With I, this movie? I like. I feel like no. If they re-released this, and I actually, I saw this video. Um, someone reposted it, so I guess I don't know. It could be possibly doctored or something. But it was this video of Jared Leto. And he was like, someone was taking it of him at his house and he was like looking at something, like reading a script or something. And then he was like trying to hide it. But then when the camera pans over to it, it says like Morbius 2 colon it's Morbin time, which I assume is like a joke anyway. But I don't know if that's like a real video. Yeah, I have no idea, Holden. You could be spreading fake news. Deep I could fakes. be. Well, it was a video I saw, so it could be doctored. Deep fakes. I don't know. Um regardless i don't think sony understands why people are memeing on this movie and i think that's one of the reasons why they are still making that el muerto movie because people don't understand (laughs) that everyone knows this is a dumb idea it's muerto time (laughs) (laughs) all right oh this is a bombadil holden yeah actually uh, i might give it a broca because it's funny uh yeah bombadil on sony broke off because it's hilarious yeah yeah that's a good way to put it. Um, Jimmy, 
Uh, there is a new Jackass TV show in development. Uh, this is actually this is actually old news, like a month ago. But we were so light this week that I was like, "Oh yeah, I f- forgot to bring this up." So anyway, uh, new Jackass series is in development at Paramount Plus. I was gonna say, uh, let me guess, Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, because they need content. Um, it's it's unclear at this point if any of the original group will return. My guess is not many, and or at least not Johnny Knoxville, because he's made it pretty clear that he's done after the bull incident <laughs> yeah how much that screwed him up um or it or it could be you know the newbies in the movie which were good i don't know um what do you think jimmy would you be interested in a jackass series i probably won't watch it mm-hmm. but i mean good for fans of people who like it i guess so mm-hmm. I don't know. Have there been a lot of like copycats of Jackass? I mean, you have like impractical jokers or whatever, but I, I yeah, people don't. Maybe there's not a crossover in those fandoms. And well, in like whatever. the mid 2000s, there were a lot, but in like recent years, I mean, the closest you get are like people inspired by it, but with like Eric Andre's show or like, yeah. Um, but I mean, those are more like prank show kind of like things. They're not really involving like dangerous stunts much self-harm yeah (laughs) and i mean i guess uh like eric andre's movie bad trip came out and that was produced by like the jackass director so i mean i guess that's not really a ripoff or anything um so yeah i don't know there's not really anything like it i guess on tv right now so it would be welcome to most people i think i'll give it a bergeron I will give it a broke. I'll definitely watch it if it comes out. I did uh, a few weeks ago. I went back and watched the old Jackass series or some of it. And that's that's a little more rough. I think after coming from the movies and the big budget those movies have to go to like basically these guys in their backyard with a camera. It's like, okay, this is not as entertaining. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway, Jimmy. Uh, DC has, uh, there's a report came out this week that DC wants Todd Phillips to be a Kevin Feige-esque figure. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. <laughs> What's funny? I don't want that to happen. <laughs> that is the Bombadil. What's funnier about, like, what's funny about this, aside from the fact that that's just a bad idea anyway, um like apparently Todd Phillips just like straight up doesn't know like anything about DC comics like (laughs) (laughs) like Kevin Feige makes sense because he's been a longtime fan he's worked in superhero movies since like the X-Men days and stuff but Todd Phillips just doesn't know anything about comics so yeah um the best person to have is a necessary prerequisite. I mean, I would prefer yeah. someone, but maybe that would be good for the comic book genre. I don't know. I could see it going well or going poorly, but I just am not personally a fan of Todd Phillips because I've listened to him in interviews and open his mouth, and I think he seems like a very self-righteous a-hole. <laughs> uh, I have not met him, so I can't confirm that, but I just I just cannot. I, I couldn't stand his, like circuit of interviews from from joker Mm -hmm. uh, a movie that i think is highly overrated um so yeah i would i would not like to see that happen i would rather have it go to someone i someone else personally yeah i mean i i kind of agree that i don't think 
like being a huge fan of the comics is necessarily a prerequisite, but I think it helps um, just understanding the characters and everything. And um, not that people can't learn and be good outside of that, but yeah, in addition to what you said about Todd Phillips apparently being in, I haven't really seen many interviews of him, but I've you've told me about a few that you've watched, so doesn't seem like the best idea. And maybe just, you know, it was just his, you know, a couple of weeks where he was feeling that way and he's not like that. Again, I don't know him. That mm-hmm. was just the impression I got. So maybe he's like a great guy. I don't know. I, I just, the, uh, <laughs> I, the what I've seen, I don't want that to happen. I think this is just because it's, I mean, Joker was the most financially successful DC movie since like ever, maybe. <laughs> I think it just goes to show that Warner Brothers doesn't know what it's doing. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. It's incredible, like, how you would think these massive companies would get people who know what they are doing in charge, but they do not. Yeah, yeah. It is remarkable, because you would think that it would happen. I mean, it makes me wonder if, like, the MC- I mean, it, in, in many ways, it is a lightning in a bottle, but MCU, like, the planning for it, it just seems like lightning in a bottle because Disney can't even do that with Star Wars. Like it's literally the same company <laughs> and they can't even do it again. So under the same umbrella at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, they are. The, yeah. No, don't go with that. Bombadil. <laughs> yeah. I'll give it a Bombadil too. Uh, yeah. And then the only other thing I have, we'll go into Tog for a uh, bit. Yes. Our favorite, our famous, segment talk mm. um we had a playstation state of play this week uh just a little short one i think it was like 30 minutes i did yeah. not watch the whole thing but i uh watched the trailers i was interested in which ended I, up being most of it i did watch the whole thing um okay not live after the fact i didn't see anything that was revealed so it was it felt like i was watching it live uh wow, what a roller coaster ride! I thought it started off very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, was the first thing the Resident Evil Four remake? Yeah, I think so. I think it was the very first thing revealed, which exciting. Um, March of twenty twenty three, a full on remake. I assume in a similar vein to the two and three remakes, um, but for Resident Evil Four. I was kind of, I've been kind of wondering since two and three, they updated like the gameplay, kind of gave it a different gameplay uh, style. I was almost like, I wonder if they'll make four go first person or something just to make it a little different because four was already a third person shooter kind of thing. But I mean, I even know. if they we'll say that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, even if they stick with a third person shooter, I, I mean, in the style of two and three, I think that would be very cool. Um, that was cool and remind me if I'm missing certain things, but a lot of really good looking PSVR two stuff. Uh yeah, first off, yeah. Resident Evil Village mm-hmm. looks really good. Oh <laughs> uh, wow. Um I that I would definitely want to play that game in VR. Um it just and it, it the controllers are actually like, you know, not just you're holding the dual shock four. Or I guess in this case it'd be the dual sense. It's actually like the PSVR two controllers, and it's a lot more interactive. Yeah, they've got Half-Life. the disembodied hands, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the disembodied hands, a la Half Life, Alex. And people, I saw people were like, "Well, if it was really a leap in technology, they would have arm stuff." I'm like, "Well, that I feel like 
you would have to have arm trackers otherwise it's going to look completely unnatural yeah and there are some games that do that um the walking dead like game i'm pretty sure you have arms still huh. and it I looks like that yeah it looks okay in that but i just i think it looks a lot more smooth and nice when you don't have the arms i think people need to get over it yeah it doesn't break the immersion for me speaking of that they're making a second one of those mm-hmm. i still need to play the first one because i i have it it was like a free playstation bonus game for playstation plus users so i need to play that um only heard really good things about it that looks great uh horizon call of the mountain holy yeah that looks (laughs) wow looks cool yeah um i'm guessing it'll still be fairly linear i know a lot of people are like online i saw on reddit and stuff we're like oh i just want to be open world like i don't care look at how (laughs) awesome that looks like fighting a thunderjaw in vr are you kidding me holy moly the fidelity looks incredible i mean Mm -hmm. that could be like the go-to hey you haven't tried vr here you go or you haven't used vr in a while boom uh wow that was like so that was like the first stuff they showed of this presentation and my my jaw had dropped i was like Mm -hmm. this looks incredible i mean i was already going to get a psvr2 as soon as i can no matter what the cost is Mm -hmm. uh but holy smokes very impressive this is like beyond what i was hoping for from that system yeah i mean i uh, i've I've always been trying i've been like going back and forth in my mind as to what i want to end up getting um because uh, there are there's so many good pc exclusive vr games too and i also i mean of course i want a very easy way to replay half-life alex but this was this is selling me on psvr too so there's a lot of rumors hinting at a half-life alex psvr 2 yeah port. i mean and if that happens then i'm 100 i think i'm just going with psvr 2 because that is my favorite vr game i've ever played and i want to replay it again yeah um very promising playstation again leaning into vr uh really heavily at a time when microsoft just isn't which mm-hmm. is su- surprising i guess um yeah i mean just really really promising uh i i cannot wait to to try some of these things and you know going from psvr to psvr 2 seems like quite the leap Mm -hmm. so i'm very excited for that definitely thomas two thumbs up brokaw for all the stuff we have mentioned so far yeah and then after that they're really i mean there was final fantasy 16 but personally that that doesn't scratch my itch. Maybe you a little bit, Holden, having just played seven and loving that so much. But yeah, I mean, game pl- for me, I'll just say a little bit about it. it gameplay wise, it looks a lot like seven, um, and so I mean that looks very fun to me. I mean, it's a fantasy world, which I prefer sci-fi settings over fantasy. I mean, I know fantasy's literally in the title of the series, but the series hasn't really been like medieval knights and dragons stuff since i think before the original seven i think everything since has had a lot of like sci-fi infusions in it but this seems very back to roots in terms of setting um i don't know i i am very intrigued um by gameplay at least and graphically it looks very good too so yeah um otherwise i mean that that stray game which still hasn't come out comes out in like july or something yeah july i think i saw we'll see uh 
<laughs> and then uh, was there anything else really i, was, I had a couple other things just noted down there was that like roller skating <laughs> did you yeah, see that? that would look interesting yeah it's like some indie game where it's like a shooter game but you're on roller skates and it seems like it's like roller rink like setting stuff i don't know roller drome is the name roller like, i was like it has a weird name mm-hmm. roller drome that's what it yeah. was. Um, that one stood out to me too i don't know if i I just was like, oh, I, it looks unique. I don't know if I want to play it. But. Yeah. Art, art style for sure is, yeah, is very exactly. unique. Um, and then the other one that I actually think looks cool is the Callisto Protocol. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one looks cool, too. Very, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I got Resident Evil vibes from that, too, but in space or something. Yeah. Well, I th- apparently it's from the original creator, uh, the creator of the original Dead Space. Okay. Which, uh a lot of people online were making big comparisons with that and and not only in the fact that it's you know set in space and everything but like the way the over the shoulder like camera works is like dead space it's like very it's slightly different than how other games do it and this one looks like the same way that dead space does it so um yeah i think that game looks really cool and that comes out end of this year so we'll see more stuff about that hopefully um, I think notably what wasn't there was God of War Ragnarok was mm-hmm. not a part of this presentation. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I I feel like PlayStation in the next month or so has to have a bigger showcase, right? Coming out. I don't think so. I mean, maybe, I, you know, with the last time they did this, I think they didn't have a horizon on it. And then just like a week or two weeks later, there was like a big horizon thing. <laughs> so I don't know. You would think they would just wait to have them together. But uh, this was part of I, like, what is it? IGN summer games. Festival oh yeah. IGN has that. Whatever. Yeah. I think that was under that banner. So it had to come out okay. this week. So maybe we'll get something just where they just do the God of War stuff in a month or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of rumors of like, a PS5 Pro as well, so I feel. Oh my god, that's such a bad be. idea. <laughs> that's such a bad idea right now. I feel like I, that would just get them bad press if they came out with a, if they announced a PS5 Pro, which is funny because it has been technically. Oh, has it just been two years now? I guess it's yeah, just, been just two, years. two years. Not even two years. I like think you have to wait another two years mm-hmm. at least. But, I mean, a lot of people don't even have a PlayStation 5 who want one. I guess they're finally getting them available. I think they even said, like, if you want a PS5, you should be able to get one this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny, because it's two years after launch. Um, Can't wait for the same thing to happen with the VR system. Yeah, I really want to see if I can get my hands on that as soon as possible. That's definitely not coming out until next year. Yeah. Do you think God of War is coming out this year? I like. I want to believe it is because what else does Sony have coming out this year? Like they need something, right? <laughs> but Hogwarts Legacy. Oh yeah, but that that's not a PlayStation exclusive, is it? It's not. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think so. Yeah. So, they, like, they need something, and. I guess Hogwarts Legacy will be pretty big, probably. But aside I mean, they from had that, Forbidden West already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've had they've had yeah Forbidden West earlier this year. But I'm just talking like second half of this year is pretty bare, aside from God of War and Hogwarts Legacy. 
So I, I think it's gonna get delayed, but I don't know. I want it's supposed to come out not. last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't um, seen like any gameplay of it. So no, or just very limited snippets. We haven't seen an extended gameplay mm-hmm. trailer. Um, I really hope it does, but I am a little skeptical at this point. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah. Gives me overall, more time to replay it. Overall, I'll give the showcase a broke out though, because the PSVR two stuff. I was like, holy smokes! Yeah, yeah, wow. very cool, very good for just like thirty minutes. Yeah. So overall, really impressed, especially with the beginning parts. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Eight VR. Have you you played Resident Evil Eight? Did you? Yeah, I played it on PC, but yeah, um, I have not played it yet. So yeah. I might just wait to play it in VR. Yeah, um, that's it, Jimmy. Let's go on, unless you have anything else. No, I don't. All right. Well, then let's go on to our review of the new South Park special, The Streaming Wars. All right. South Park. The Streaming Wars is the new Paramount Plus uh, special, one of many that are in the works for South Park and of uh, the few that have already come out. Um, Yep, just like the previous ones, this is another like 45-minute-ish special, um, basically just an extended South Park episode. Um, What do you think, Jimmy? Okay, so we, we kind of briefly discussed it before Mm -hmm. the podcast of course we like to save a lot of our uh first conversations full spoilers for anyone who cares yes uh for the podcast itself we'll save a lot of our ideas but kind of Mm -hmm. generally it was like this is like one of those uh one of those not podcasts but episodes (laughs) of south park where the the joke of the episode is just kind of the pun in of itself it's mm-hmm. like okay, it's the the streaming wars. Obviously, you're thinking Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. Discovery, every plus <laughs> you can think of, Pro Max, you know, um, <laughs> that they made fun of in the COVID specials, whatever, whatever, whatever the restaurant was, um, TGI Fridays Max or Denny's. Pro oh yeah, Max yeah, yeah, plus or something, whatever it was. Um, uh, and so the streaming wars, you have like literal water rights stream wars. <laughs> this episode, did you get the sense that I have not looked at it, what anybody else has said? So maybe I'm just completely misinterpreting this, but did you get the sense of this episode almost like as the regret of Trey Parker and Matt Stone for signing up for this Disney Plus or not Disney Plus, this Paramount Plus oh, contract. Hundred percent. I think that's like completely the intent. But then that makes me wonder how they were able to like do this. <laughs> I think they must have. I mean, part of the contract had to be absolute full creative liberty to say true, what true. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Basically, well, I guess before we get too into that, I want to say. I think the funniest part about this episode and the funniest thing, the way when South Park, whenever they do this like pun thing uh, that they do a lot, like they did here where the joke is just the pun. I love how it starts out 
and it's like subtle and it's like you pick up on it and you're like, oh, okay, I kind of see what they're doing. And then it keeps going. And the the way that they, they have to keep like making this outrageous scenario that just fits <laughs> the, the, um, the thing that like the message they're going for. And so it becomes more and more overt and it just gets funnier because of that. Like they're trying yeah. less and less hard, but it's definitely on purpose. Um, but I think that that's the funniest thing of this episode. Anyway, um, yeah, I think Matt Parker and Trey Stone, that's like the entire point of this episode because there's a whole Trey, point. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, I think. I yeah, think whatever. I, I missed Matt. <laughs> that's not I the first like, time I've missed something, something didn't sound right. I was <laughs> doing the math in my head. Yeah, they, um, I mean, there's the whole bit where like, randy is like talking to stad is like oh if you keep making these things and they're not going to be as good like the more you make the less the quality goes down and i'm like oh that's that's pretty overt <laughs> you're going for there he either signed on for like whatever like 10 specials for paramount plus is this the fourth one did they do three covid they did two oh. covid ones and then the other well the, there were the other two that were just south that were just comedy central specials that then were on hbo max so i don't think those count so i think this is the third one okay the third one for paramount plus Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) well that's i mean that's part of the joke they were like we were just doing what we were doing and people were giving us money and so we just took the money how is that our fault but then at the same time they're like yeah we shouldn't have done this well, and I I wonder how much of this is reflective of behind the scenes, like, like the right struggle, the right struggle between like with South Park, because I mean, there's the whole thing where South Park, you know, it's Comedy Central. They have all of their episodes, you know, exclusively on HBO Max currently. Yeah because of a, of a deal that was signed and then they signed a deal with paramount plus where all the future specials are going to that and so i think that's just reflective of the you know the pops the popsicle boats um yeah that like they were you know working for all these other companies and they started working for this other one and then the other the companies they were originally working for are like well why are you why'd you do that you're not supposed to do that yeah, so I don't know. I They're don't like, know. They how just much... offered us a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if there was like any behind the scenes drama. Maybe there was. Um, yeah, but I mean, you definitely can see it from like the consumer end of mm-hmm. the South Park fandom. It's like, okay, well, not, it's just it's very weird that one week you'll have new episodes coming out on HBO Max, sure, and Comedy Central, and then oh, there's a big South Park special but you have to have Paramount Plus to get it. Mm-hmm. It's it's very strange um, from a, like a consumer fan standpoint. And you can pro- they probably identify that like, yeah, that's definitely not ideal mm-hmm. for our fans to have to do that. Maybe we shouldn't have done this. Maybe we got, <laughs> we got ahead of ourselves. So reflecting that in this episode is pretty creative. Um, the other part that I just thought was funny was the whole Cartman storyline of <laughs> wanting his mom to get <laughs> breast implants. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we uh, we for once, I mean, you don't get it very often in South Park, but there's character development with Cartman's mom. Yeah, <laughs> where for once, I mean, she before she said like no to him, but she always eventually relents in some way. But it's the first time where 
we at least haven't seen her relent at all. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> Don't you love me, man? <laughs> um, yeah, just the whole thought process there. You've got uh, the realtors. I thought was funny again. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the picture of the guys leaning back. I was like, oh yeah, that was a funny bit. Um, <laughs> just the water rights and all that of course they're talking about man bear pig Mm -hmm. returns classic classic Um, return i think i think they're the way that they get to the like the whole analogy between streaming wars and this like i i think it's very creative in the fact that they're also able to be commenting about you know global warming at the same time like droughts and stuff i don't know if Colorado itself is actually having these issues or if it's just reflective more of other states but yeah they're able to do the South Park thing and make multiple points on essentially one thing Nevada or yeah, like Las Vegas maybe Los Angeles oh, I yeah, would think yeah. um yeah yeah I think that's that's pretty good and <laughs> I I did not need the whole Randy Karen bit I was like oh my gosh the Karen it, stuff is just beaten to death by this yeah and i you know what i i guess i can't really like excuse it because a bad joke is still a bad joke but at the same time i think them commenting about you know making these specials is i mean you can kind of see where their annoyance comes from when they have outdated jokes like the karen joke which was funnier like months ago they had the Chris Rock joke in here, which was yeah. funnier months ago. <laughs> like, it, There's just some outdated stuff in here that because they've had to spend more time on this, it doesn't hold up. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Karen joke is years. That's true. Yeah. I feel like it's like, oh, they just learned what a Karen was. <laughs> it's or like some folks just learned a, a meme. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Butters having to eat all the popsicles. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Another just little bit that was just dumb, but I just appreciated it was when Man, ba- Man Bear Pig, the part where it's just like he has like one human arm and the human <laughs> arm just pulls out a switchblade. Like it pauses and he like takes out a switchblade. I was like, <laughs> like clearly unneeded because it's just like a huge beast that yeah. can tear you to shreds. I'm like, just a little, <laughs> little piece like that just is the cherry on top of some of these jokes it's not like the funniest south park special but again it it does its job of like being very creative mm-hmm. like approaching this i message that they want to get across in a very creative ridiculous absurd way um and it it has moments but it wasn't definitely like the first pandemic special for me where i was just laughing yeah constantly the whole time like i said the joke was more situational than Mm -hmm. like kind of quippy maybe well and it makes me wonder how the future specials are gonna go i mean this one clearly sets up like a a continuation of the storyline which could lead to just commenting more on this streaming wars thing saying other things about it but if they're already this cynical about the deal (laughs) like they're only three in like yeah what are they gonna do now (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah, I I it makes sense that they're doing these in kind of like overarching stories. Mm-hmm. But 
I wonder how it'll affect the quality of the normal South Park episodes. I mean, obviously, we only got like what five or six episodes in the twenty fifth yeah. season, so we'll see. I mean, it was just nice to have South Park again. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's been few and far between. Holden, yeah, always enjoy more South Park. All right, anything else to say, Holden, about the South Park Streaming Wars special on Paramount no, Plus? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, sweet. Shall we go on to what should we do? Obi Wan Kenobi. I think we should do Obi Wan. Let's do Obi Wan. All right, Obi Wan Kenobi. Here we go. All right, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, full spoilers uh, for the show so far. This is the third episode, uh, titled Part Three. <laughs> so, very apt uh, apt name there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what'd you think, Jimmy? Uh, wow. That's a loaded question here. Uh, mixed (laughs) bag, Holden. Mixed bag. Overall, so I watched this episode not twice. I watched it right before, I rewatched it right before doing the podcast. I also watched it, Mm -hmm. uh, Wednesday morning right away when I woke up. Um, yeah, I have a ton of notes. (laughs) So maybe we could just start going through them, Holden. They're in chronological order of the episode because I kind of went back and took retook them as I went. So, oh, first off, just some Star Wars fans are just racist and also dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Going after Moses Ingram, I think is her name, the Mm -hmm. actress who plays Reva. First off, just saying racist things to people in 2022 what are you doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then also taking, taking like, if you don't like a character, why would you attack the actor or actress? Yeah. They do I mean, not have any control over that. That is the writers. So, I mean, Wars? it makes sense that if you're racist, you're also an idiot. So I feel like those things correlate. So um, just yes. have to throw that out there that it's pretty sad that we're in 2022 and people have to come out and like defend an actress yeah, I mean, for simply playing a role in a show. Star Wars fans are just the worst in general at that. Cause I mean, obviously you had like Rose and the last Jedi went through very similar stuff. And even, um, uh, Daisy Ridley with Ray and the rise of Skywalker got like bullied off of social media just because they didn't like the, the fans didn't like the movie. So yeah. Yeah. Stupid. Stop being right. dumb. Yeah. So that's that's just unfortunate. Um, okay. So on to the actual episode itself. We have the scene. Obi-Wan's trying to reach out to Qui-Gon. Can't wait to see Qui-Gon in one of the next episodes. <laughs> they're they're foreshadowing that so hard. I would they're actually I would be more surprised it. if he doesn't show it up. Yeah. <laughs> I think he should show up as a different Liam Neeson character, like Oscar Schindler or the guy from Taken. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's what you need to do. You need to find Obi-Wan. You need to find Darth Vader, and you need to kill Darth Vader with your particular set of his skills. Um, so while they're doing that, you got the shot of Darth Vader. He's coming out of the Bacta tank, getting put together. Pretty cool. You got James Earl Jones' voice, probably AI enhanced, I'm guessing somehow, because he didn't sound the greatest in, a, in Rogue One. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they tweaked it. It sounds very good. Whatever they're doing is Have you working. heard the clips of him in The Lion King 
Can we make? No. Okay. Yeah. He's. This is definitely AI enhanced. <laughs> like he. Did, yeah. He's when he was Mufasa again. It was not the best. It's he's. I mean, he's really old. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no. There's a reason for it. Yeah. Uh, it sounds good, and it's cool to hear him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's I have a note that just says Obi Wan fixes Lola, a droid that hasn't done anything yet. Uh, so I'm <laughs> assuming that Lola will do something later. No, they in just the want show. to make a Lego set out of it. Seriously, we're just toys, and I don't know. Um, a little, there's some little things. I have. again, this is just in chronological chronological order. So they're they're landing on Mapuzo. I really liked the music. Uh, when they land on Mapuzo. Sounds nice. Sure. There's a suggestion that people like Bail Organa are trying to reform the Empire from within. Mm-hmm. I think that's a cool concept because it's like, yeah, you can try to instill change from within these systems and people are going to disagree about how change should be done. Uh, some people are wanting all-out, you know, rebellion with taking arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'd be interesting if Bail Organa was kind of maybe against that and he's just like, hey, you know, let's try to reform from within the Imperial Senate. Yeah. Even I, though it doesn't work. I just think that, that those two conflicting ideas are like when people share ideals and, and a vision, but they have different, uh, drastically different ideas about how uh, achieving that vision. I think that's a, an interesting conflict or dichotomy. Yeah. Um, one that I hope is explored in Andor. Uh, it's hinted at here. So I just thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah, and I think um, and one thing the show has been doing pretty well in general is just, like, instead of just making it, you know, like, Obi-Wan very small scale, it is in some regards, but, um, like, they do a really good job of fleshing out, like, like the bigger goings-ons of this without, like, taking focus away too much from the story. Um, so as you said, with like the Senate stuff, we're learning more about that. And I mean, even just Obi-Wan, like Leia wandering around on this planet, we, we start learning more about, you know, just everyday life and stuff. And there's, you know, people with gray morals and it's, yeah, I think this show does a good job of that. Yeah. For the most part, you have the hallucination of a Hayden Christensen out in the middle of the, the mining planet. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> guessing we'll see more of that. Maybe we'll have a whole full-on conversation with hallucinated Hayden Christensen or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, now we're getting into some of the stuff that... There's just little things in this show. So I think really good shows, especially like f- sci-fi or fantasy, even though the world is not our world, it is a very believable world that you're in. Mm-hmm. Or when... The things just make sense and there's not all these just holes in the logic or the plot and i think there's like okay if you, there's one or two exceptions to those things in a in a movie that's not gonna dis that's not gonna destroy my uh you know uh my disbelief or whatever yeah. i mean star wars always has one or two of those things <laughs> yeah like, and everything like why did yeah we were just talking before the podcast why did they not land the AT-ATs right next to the rebel base or why didn't they not yeah. just blow it from space like but the rest of the movie works enough well enough that you're willing to forgive that and to just suspend your disbelief um but there's just so many little things in this episode that just build up for me um first off obi-wan kenobi and Leia arrive, arrive at the coordinates that um, Camille Nanjiani gives them at the end of the second episode. 
And he's just like, well, nobody's here. Guess we better go. Let's not wait an hour or two. Let's just, we got to go immediately, even though it would make sense to just wait here at least a few minutes. Um, Again, if that's the one thing that's kind of weird in this episode, whatever, but it's not. Um, So they uh, get picked up by Mr. Freck. Uh, (laughs) Interesting character. He says hello. by Zach Braff. Yeah. and Obi-Wan just says hello back instead of hello there. Could have said hello there. <laughs> just saying. Missed opportunity. Uh, another thing that just doesn't make sense. He Obi-Wan's trying to stay low, but he is just dressed like a Jedi. He's mm-hmm. just the most Jedi-looking person around wherever he goes. Um, which is funny because he's not really dressed like a Jedi when he's on Tatooine necessarily. So why doesn't he just wear those clothes? <laughs> I don't know. Like he's got like when he he's got a pretty cool look. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just another little thing. Uh, we get a little glimpse of the Inquisitor base that we saw in Jedi Fall, Fallen Order as well. I think it's interesting. Again, the two other Inquisitors there don't bring up the fact that Reva Reva just stabbed the Grand Inquisitor through the gut during their first meeting since that happened. It's like, well, do they know that though? Did they know that? Well, I'm. You know, they left the planet <laughs> to get back to their base. And they're like, well, I haven't heard from the Grand Inquisitor yet. You would think that they would have some sort of idea that that happened. I mean, I think there's there's potential that they are suspicious. But my guess is they just assume Obi-Wan did it. But they didn't. But like they didn't even mention him dying or getting stabbed. There's no like they, like it never even happened. Sure. Yeah. Like you would, th- like you would just assume that there's going to be some mention of it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, think of any excuse you want. It, but they don't even talk about it. Um, uh, I another little touch that I liked. I like the moment where Obi Wan Kenobi is getting onto Frex transport, and you get the glimpse of the Imperial flag. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a nice element of visual storytelling. Raise the tension. A little bit like, you know, the uh, Alfred Hitchcock thing or he's like two people having a conversation is can be interesting. But when you reveal like two minutes into the dialogue that there's a bomb under the table, then that elevates the the tension. And and Mm -hmm. that kind of would is the imperial flag in this instance. Look at Jimmy referencing Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another just little thing. Uh, so the stormtroopers come on board. Okay, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. Reva sends out that image in whatever that planet was called last episode. Maybe she's just sending it out to the people on that planet. Okay. You would think that the the Empire would send it out to everybody since they're looking for this guy. But I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they just didn't see it for whatever reason, those mm-hmm. stormtroopers. And they're just looking for a Jedi that's literally their mission. You would think they would have some sort of image of it, of Obi-Wan, if they had it. But I'll give I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, but then they're, they're talking to Luma and whatever Obi-Wan's name was supposed to be. Orden or something like that. And they're like, oh, we're farmers from Tall. Why are you here? He's like, oh, it's a long story. And then the stormtrooper says, it's a long way. And then they... Obi-Wan like tells the story and then two minutes later they get off. So it's like, <laughs> it's a long way. And then it's like not even two minutes later that they get off. It, it was not a long one. Okay. Maybe he's lying. But again, it's just another, like, 
I keep having to make excuses or like put diagrams together to explain what is happening in this in this show. Um, just seems a little clunky. Uh, really nice moment when Obi Wan Kenobi is like accidentally says Leia instead of Luma. And he's like, "Oh, that's her mother's name." And every mm-hmm. time I look at her, I see her mother. You know, that's a nice moment. And yeah. I think the Obi-Wan and Leia stuff in this episode is very good. And I think their dynamic is one of my f- most like consistently favorite things in the show right now. Yeah, I think it's working. I mm-hmm. think that was a good idea. And just all this other little stuff around it is is not working for me. Um, I like the moment where she's like, are you my real father? And Obi-Wan says, I wish I could say I was. <laughs> There's been a lot of prequel memes uh, about that on the subreddit. Uh, Obi-Wan thirsting over Padme. Um, <laughs> we get a little bit of reference of Obi-Wan maybe having a brother, his family. I thought that was interesting. Kind of <laughs> just the Jedi way. He's like, yeah, it's taken from my family. Had a new family in the Jedi Order. You, just like you have a new family with the Organas. Um, okay. The lack of lightsaber use against the stormtroopers did... It didn't really make sense to me uh, because it's already been established that Obi-Wan doesn't like using a gun. Like he literally says so uncivilized when he shoots General Grievous with it as he throws the the gun away. Um, He doesn't like using blasters and there's no like he's a really good shot in this show. Like when did that happen? Um, I'm guessing that just has happened in like the last 10 years or whatever because like he uh my impression is just that he doesn't like i he's like maybe he's almost scared of using his lightsaber because he that like, makes okay that makes sense but yeah. again they're in the middle of nowhere it is a life or death situation i understand why in that city from the last episode he would not want to use the lightsaber no that makes sense no i what i'm what i mean though is that he's he like he's scared that he doesn't know how to use it anymore or that he's not as good as he used to be and so i would get i i get that i would just use yeah the but blaster. how when did he get good at using a gun because it's not like on tattooing he's gonna be all up in these rough and tumbles with people because he's staying on the down low no, just be shooting womp rats or whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um and whatever that canyon is called um <laughs> It's just, okay, there's a lot. And I'm like, okay, maybe they're just saving the lightsaber for the Vader confrontation, okay? Maybe it's just a story thing. They're really building up him igniting the lightsaber. Um, so, again, I'm like, okay, I'll dismiss that. A little nice little detail was you could hear the um, kind of the intro music on Hoth when the probe droid comes out to scan Obi-Wan. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. it's very subtle i didn't catch that until the second time watching it i was like oh that's a nice little touch uh i definitely didn't notice it <laughs> he takes out like four of the stormtroopers and then that like other, then they go across uh and one of them like gets cut in half or whatever nice moment there uh he and then like three more arrive and he immediately surrenders i'm like what <laughs> you just killed four of them and now like three more show up he's like oh that's it we're done uh he could also could have you know maybe some jedi mind tricks in here i don't know i just obi-wan using a blaster seems very unnatural to me 
uh, from what they have set up previously in the canon. Anything else you want to add so far to the conversation? Well, I mean, I see, I don't mind the blaster because I just don't like, I don't think he like wants to use the force. And I think that's been like established. Like he was so reluctant to use it even with like Leia falling and stuff. So I think like, you know, the reason why he didn't do any Jedi mind tricks and all of that, I think it's, I think it's covered pretty well. Yeah. But I think they established that because he didn't want to be found out more than anything else. Like, I don't want to reveal myself as a Jedi in the city. I'm pretty sure that's the explanation he gives to Leia. I do think there is some underlying things with like the self doubt and stuff you are, are hinting at. Mm -hmm. Um, it just, I don't, it, my, my biggest problem is what they, the, the failure of doing anything impactful with the lightsaber later, I would say is, is my biggest issue with all that. So moving forward, we got, he, he, you have the Imperial officer who comes and saves the day. Mm. Great. Uh, and she takes them to the little safe house where you got Ned B, the droid loader that can't talk. Sure. He'll be just a companion going forward, maybe. Um, he's going to like use a hammer to hit the stormtroopers. I'm like, well, you could just hit him with your arm, you know, since you're made <laughs> out of metal. Uh, but you know, this this cool idea of like, it's called the path and it's like the Jedi underground railroad. I thought that was a, a neat idea. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh, Quinlan Voss was here. He'll be at some Disney plus TV show someday. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, then, uh, then we get Darth Vader and I like the moment of Obi-Wan like senses his presence and, we really get to see him be cruel and kind of gore. I mean, he's like pulling people out and force choking. He snaps the kid's neck. Mm-hmm. Pretty morbid. Starts dragging a lady behind him. Um, I would, I would have appreciated him being more like um, open about what his intentions are. Of like Obi, like come out, Obi Wan, like. If you, you know, come out here and these, I will quit torturing these people. Obviously not as clunky as that, but have some sort of (laughs) intimidating dialogue where he's putting the onus on Obi-Wan. Yeah. You know, like you, like I will stop torturing and killing these people. If you step out and show yourself sort of idea. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's left unsaid, which, you know, right. Restraint is often a good thing. But I think it, I think I would have liked the intimidating voice of James Earl Jones. I think that could have added to it. Um, again, I just like them sensing each other. Um, anything else to add to that? Dar- the the Darth Vader entrance. Mm, no, just I like all the the neck breaking and stuff. It's very yeah. cool. <laughs> just force dragging that lady behind him. Yeah. Um, I liked how you could. He was sensing each other. I just I thought that was cool. Nicer reference to A New Hope. Then we have the lightsaber confrontation. Let's call it um, one of the just inexcusable things of this episode is Obi Wan just okay. Obi Wan runs off screen to the right, and in the next shot he's in, he runs in from the left of the scene. <laughs> Did you catch this? No, this is like uh, I I saw it. I was like, that is horrible filmmaking. Like that is like the w- filmmaking one hundred and one. You don't have someone run off screen to the right, 
come back in from the left. I'm like, how did that pass? The like, how did that get published to Disney Plus? My biggest gripe with the ending of this episode is that you have no idea where anything is like taking place. They do not tell that like the environmental awareness you have as an audience member is non-existent because people are just teleporting all over the place. <laughs> it's just how I said before too. This show's too dark. I didn't, it, I don't think it's too dark. It's like the environmental, it is underexposed and that is the style of the day and that you can open a whole can of worms about whether that that's a good thing to do. But, <laughs> but my problem is like, okay, how Obi-Wan is constantly running away from Darth Vader, running. Darth Vader only ever walks, but somehow is faster than Obi-Wan. Yeah. How is yeah. that happening? What is going on? He's, well, he's obviously running whenever he's not on camera, Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, it's simple as like show a shot of him like force lit, you know, like because some people it's like Darth Vader can like launch himself or f- basically fly. Just show him like doing that, just like kind of levitating up over and like scanning the environment and coming down towards Obi-Wan. Instead, he's just literally teleporting. Maybe he's using that Phantom Menace force dash. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Off screen. I bet Obi-Wan taught him that. Um, And like I said, Obi-Wan has not used his lightsaber. Again, because I think you're right. First off, he doesn't want to expose himself. But secondly, all that self-doubt, all this stuff. So you would think that the ignition of the lightsaber, the first time he's done it since Revenge of the Sith, would be this huge moment. And all the instead, it's just like he just does it randomly. Like he hears Darth Vader's like there's there's no build up to it whatsoever. It just happens. Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I was like, what? I okay. I'll rub me the wrong way. I'll uh, credit mr sunday movies for for giving me this idea online um but i kind of liked that it was like a reflex thing and it wasn't like built up to and it was kind of just like he's terrified and he hears he hears like darth vader coming and then he just like pulls it out yeah i like it i like the idea that it was from fear Mm -hmm. but again there was so much restraint shown for having him use it to that point that it makes it. I feel like it's more impactful if it is his choice. Like I am choosing to do this. I am choosing to overcome these shortcomings that I have with not wanting to use the force, with not wanting to be a Jedi again. Instead of oh, I, I guess I got a. I was afraid, and I guess I am using my lightsaber now. You know, that just doesn't have the same impact of choosing to do it. But yeah, I mean, I I guess I agree, but I don't I I think it was fine the way they did it. Like I don't I really don't mind it. Um I like how Darth Vader kind of toys with Obi-Wan. I mean, he clearly could just kill him if he wanted to. Uh I would have loved to see more of that. Just him, just like literally just picking him up and throwing him around and <laughs> launching things. I, I would have just loved Obi-Wan to be his little smacking toy through this. And he, and he does do a little bit of that. You had the fire bit. I, I thought that was a very nice touch that he wants his revenge by literally burning Obi-Wan. First time I watched it, I was like, why is he not just 
why isn't all of them burning alive right now? Like, why is only his arm on fire when he's literally in the fire? <laughs> uh, but I'm like, okay, maybe this this minerals from Mapuzo burn at a really low temperature or something. Okay, I can get out my diagram and start explaining this all away. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think this final confrontation was really weak, in my opinion, just in general. Oh, I did too, like, the first time. Like, I even, like, I as I said, I didn't mind how the lightsaber ignition happened, I guess. But even, like, them just fighting. Like, I get he is out of training. And, like, he is not very good. But Darth Vader doesn't really have that excuse. And I felt like the blocking and everything for that lightsaber duel was, like, Book of Boba Fett bad. Oh, I thought it was weak, too. And that's why I was like, Obi- Darth Vader should just literally just knock him around. Like, mm-hmm. it should not have been a fight at all. Like, it's just, like... The only reason you are alive, Obi-Wan, is because I am entertaining myself. Mm-hmm. Because Obi-Wan clear, like, but the first part of the fight, it was just kind of like, <laughs> like, it was just slow. It was, it was like the A New Hope fight. Yeah. Um, and I just. But it was like, like, I, the A New Hope fight is like, it's funny to make fun of. I don't mind it because it, I, like part of that I think was intentional like since that movie is so inspired by like samurai films and stuff but this just felt like lazy or clunky like not on purpose yeah it felt like Darth Vader was actually trying a little bit mm-hmm. but he wasn't doing anything like he, like if you were actually trying he would have smoked Obi-Wan yeah um, but the fact that he actually was and he wasn't smoking Obi-Wan was and it didn't look very like it looked like he was just bad at <laughs> fighting with a sword. Um, in this case, a lightsaber. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, we have just some more stuff that just does not make sense. And get out your diagram. Start writing your essays and explaining this all away, Star Wars fans. But, okay. So, he, after putting out the fire with the Force, uh, Darth Vader then asks a stormtrooper to bring Kenobi to him. Okay. Oh, first off, why not just use the force to bring Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi to you? You lit—he literally was holding him up in the air with the force for the last thirty seconds, just like making him drop the lights or choking him, whatever. And then the the stormtrooper goes, gets shot, uh, and then Tala, the fake Imperial trooper uh, or officer, shoots the minerals again that starts the fire again. And Darth Vader chooses not to put out the fire. After she shoots the explosives, even though he literally just used the force <laughs> to put out the fire the first time. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, shoot. Can't get to Obi-Wan now. Still, or it doesn't even just lift him over the fire. And I guess in canon, I saw this too, his suit is fireproof. <laughs> so you can just walk through it. <laughs> or And then they're like, <laughs> what? I, and again... So people are like, well, he's obviously just toying with Obi-Wan. He wants to just torture him. I'm like, but why would that stop? Why would he let him go? Yeah. Well, maybe part of him still wants Obi-Wan alive. That is, if you have to write an essay to explain why this happens in a show that has already, has not proven itself to be that well written, I I think it's just, it's probably just not very good writing. <laughs> like, I'm not going to give the writers the benefit of the doubt when the rest of the show is not that well written. Does that make sense? I don't think this yeah. is like the, the a horribly written show. 
I think it is a fine show that has some really good ideas and really good plot points. But again, does it pass the litmus test of if you took out Star Wars and you just these were just random characters, would this be compelling? And I think it's not. So, yeah, I don't know. I, this episode was, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens and good stuff that happens in this episode, but ultimately I thought I found it quite disappointing. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially the Darth Vader Obi-Wan confrontation. Yeah. I mean, I was, I think I'm just very middle of the road on this episode. I don't, I don't feel very passionately about it. I, the, ending is the weakest part for me um i honest i just i can't get over the fact that obi-wan wasn't burning more in that fire that, that's like the, I, I was wondering the same as it was like, this the the confrontation was not as bad the second time watching it but the first time i was like why is he just not all on fire <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> I don't know. I it was very disappointing for their first reunited like action scene together. Um I don't know. I uh the next episode is probably just going to be Obi-Wan in a back to tank having a flashback to with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> it's going to be the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. I don't have I guess we didn't talk about the very ending where Reva. Yeah, I, ha- I have that here. Oh, okay. uh, again, how does Reva beat everybody to the pilot? <laughs> yeah, that honestly, that was the, even more so than them walking around in like the quarry area. That was the thing that annoyed me the most. I'm like, what? How? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I guess there are other tunnels, but you literally have the lady who like uses the tunnels all the time, leading Leia through it for the most part. Okay, granted, she goes back to help Obi Wan, mm-hmm. which was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, yeah. but how does Reva just I she used the force maybe I don't know <laughs> she did the episode <laughs> one force dash <laughs> which <laughs> again it's not like you don't need like Albert Einstein to to like add these pieces to the show like you just need a shot or two to explain what's happening and I feel like Lucasfilm needs some sort of Simon Cowell type or hire the guys from Cinema Sins to just be like, this doesn't make any sense. Or like, how did this happen? You didn't explain anything. And normally I'm not the guy to point all these things out. But when there's like 10 of them in a 40-minute episode, that's just inexcusable that's to me. That's one every four minutes, Jimmy. Yeah, it is. Some good math there, Holden. <laughs> um, yeah, so... My thoughts on Obi-Wan. I've dominated this conversation, Holden. I want to make sure that I like I guess you said you didn't really have that strong of feelings, but what what do you want to add? I want you to just be able to voice what you're <laughs> thinking here. Uh yeah, I mean it's I don't really have much to add. It's very like I said, I just don't really care about this episode at all. Um this I don't think it really hurt or bettered the the view, my view of this show at all overall because before i was already like it's solid but nothing too great that was kind of my thoughts after the first two episodes and i feel like i'm just kind of in that same boat for the most part but eh, yeah i don't have anything 
to me, it is just inexcusable to have all this lack of logic and like even in the other episodes when you have the the was the first the first episode where you have the chase scene where the guy like runs into the branch (laughs) i'm like that is really funny i i mean it was stupid when we first saw it and i've seen so many people make fun of it online i mean like how did how did this happen like how did there were four people wrote this episode four how did none of them think of these things and maybe it was just once they shot it and once they edited it, they lost this stuff okay then you need to reshoot you need to fix this this is not acceptable lucasfilm it is not so i'm sorry that Jimmy's is the end of my his foot down i'm putting my foot down this is I'm, here i go i'll probably watch everything else they ever create so <laughs> so much for that i'm like cartman's mom uh this is unacceptable lucasfilm you have this it was the first interaction between obi-wan and darth vader it needs to be better it needs to be better Mm -hmm. um i sound like a disappointed parent right now (laughs) this is the end of my 33 minute rant all right we're gonna talk about the boys okay anything (laughs) else holden Um, oh i'm also saying i'm not i'm not gonna rate episodes anymore i will rate seasons not gonna give episode scores anymore because sometimes it's like you know what I'm saying? It's hard to rate an episode when you don't know the overall picture. So, rating seasons. How does that sound? I'm going to still rate episodes. Okay, uh, you go for it. <laughs> you do you. I'm going to rate seasons. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. Nice. All right, let's talk about the boys, huh? Yeah. All right, the boys. All right, uh, The Boys Season 3 premiered this week with three episodes. Uh, Much more excited uh, for this than Obi-Wan. I might have more to say about this. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) I have almost as much to say about this. Oh, Jesus Christ, Jimmy. All good things. All smaller. Jesus Christ. All smaller. I did did these as I went. I didn't rewatch all three episodes. I will tell you, Holden. I so this came out Friday. Uh, I had watched all three episodes and listened to an hour and fifteen minute review of the three episodes all before noon the day these came out. Jesus Christ! Um, boy, I love this. Uh, spoilers for the first three episodes of mm-hmm. season three of The Boys, which I am looking now because I was curious. I did have this uh, as um more anticipated than the obi-wan kenobi show yeah i think we both had this as our number one or what did did you have it at number one well better call Saul final season oh, was my, okay so i had uh, overall i had god of war ragnarok number one then better call Saul final season then the boys season three then kenobi then the batman okay yeah this uh, was this five. was number one in tv shows for me uh, yeah. for sure it would have been had had better call Saul the final season not come out this year mm-hmm um let me get my notes holden great i i was worried with the boys i'm like you know the first two seasons are so strong sometimes these shows especially like i'd heard that this has really gotten away from the comics Mm -hmm. you're like well maybe they you know it's gonna run out of steam 
It has not. It has been the same quality. Exceptional. <laughs> well, so good. The Boys is weird because I have had that feeling for both of the like season two and season three. Like I'm worried because the show feels like it could so easily just like turn not good anymore. <laughs> like because <laughs> it's. I mean, not that it's our. It isn't exceptional already, but it just feels like a few tweaks, and it could just become garbage. It could run. It could fall off the rails pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's nothing to worry about here. It looks like. Um, first off, you get Dawn of the Seven, mm-hmm. <laughs> the movie cool. premiere. Charlize Theron, <laughs> her second cameo front. appearance in like a month. What else was she in now? She was in uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's Stormfront, but blonde. <laughs> Just funny. Um, that was really funny. And uh, I liked the the little moment of when Ashley and the director are hooking up in the bathroom, and she's like, <laughs> you know, talking dirty to him. She's like, you're a uh, you're crappy director. You're like... <laughs> Tony Gilroy had to reshoot the whole movie or whatever, kind of referencing Rogue One and Gareth Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Just the little things like, oh, yeah, I was worried we were going to have to dump it on Vought Plus. But, you know, <laughs> just all those little things to say that, oh, yeah, they stay up on the pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually that it's like, okay, that can date a show. But the rest of the boys is so entertaining and funny regardless that, yeah, people won't understand those jokes in the in the future years, but it doesn't take away from the quality of the show itself. Like it doesn't rely on those things. They're just yeah. the, the you know whipped cream and cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The but even like the topical jokes, I feel. I mean, admittedly, we are living in the times when they're relevant, but a lot of them, I feel like you know you could still enjoy in the future. Like. They don't seem like it's not like them making a, a Chris Rock a Will Smith slap joke or something. <laughs> like it's a little more broad than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's our intro into like Huey and Starlight and Homelander and Queen Maeve and Stan Edgar and all of them. Mm-hmm. Then we get you know uh, Butcher and Frenchie and Kimiko. They are going after this guy named Termite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in good old boys the boys fashion it starts with just a bang um and just cr- the creativity um the disgusting nature of everything um <laughs> it's yeah. just the show is so like just no holds barred it's it's been that way since the beginning but i mean it's so good that they started this season uh, with a man who can shrink down. Uh, he goes inside of another man's penis uh, and then sneezes, grows back up to normal height, and just explodes the man. Fantastic. Yeah. He's just <laughs> just gone. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it was so like it was so unexpected i mean it, it was already like like weird when he was going in and everything but then it happens like the explosion happens and i was just like i'm pretty sure i said like old oh shit, out loud <laughs> like <laughs> even though the boys is no stranger to this they find new ways to keep you on your toes yeah and and i would even think about this but when i was listening to the the review podcast i was i was listening to who had done an episode on it already they had talked about that was like a reference to the whole Ant-Man theory crawling up of Thanos's butt oh, and then yeah. just exploding. And I'm like, I don't even think about that. But yeah, <laughs> the boys is literally, okay, 
take all the logic that's not in the Avengers movies and here's what it would actually be like. <laughs> and it is. Um, a big development in this season. Again, I hadn't seen the trailer, so I don't know how much people knew about this beforehand. But you got the V24, the 24-hour <laughs> compound V. Um, interesting concept. $2 yeah. million dollars a, a shot. Obviously, Butcher gets into a little bit. Um, talk about that more yeah. later. I think one of the really interesting things that the I think it's the first episode introduces is like Stan Edgar saying he wants to move away from superheroes and stuff, which makes sense from a business perspective and like from what he has like shown us before. But I, I'm interested to see where that goes. Well, yeah, he said pharmaceutical and military. So mm-hmm. he literally just he wants to create the drugs to sell to the military and then he doesn't have to be a babysitter for Homelander and for all these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess if the 24 hour stuff, it wears off and then they're vulnerable again. So you don't have to worry about the long term superheroes, um, which would also make sense why he has then Victoria Newman out there taking care of these superheroes who are causing him trouble. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like he's just also just loving the more Stan Edgar screen time this oh, season. Oh, yeah. Because Giancarlo Esposito, no surprise, is knocking it out of the park. Um, he's been great. He's totally going to die soon. He's, he oh, might yeah. be dead this season. That's, that's this season. It's coming. <laughs> Homelander is going to melt his brains. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... That's the big thing. I feel like Homelander's break is is the end of this season. I feel like it has to be. Um, I don't... I mean, the show keeps, like, proving me wrong. I just don't know how much farther he can be pushed, like, feasibly yeah. from a writing perspective. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what there is left. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's my that's my theory as to where this show this ep- this se- season's going to end, I think. Um yeah, speaking of pushing Homelander, we have the co-captaincy mm-hmm. of Starlight and Homelander just Stan Anger. I love I love how he's like talking about power and how he just does not care about Homelander <laughs> and when when Starlight's like we can't do this. That'll tick off Homelander. He's going to be pissed. He's like, I don't care about Homelander. Homelander can go F himself or whatever he's saying. <laughs> like, he can hear you. He's like, good. I'm glad he can hear me. And he just talks about, he's just like, it's. he has no superpowers, but he's the most powerful person in any room he's in. That's, mm-hmm. I just love that idea. It's so um, good. And Giancarlo Esposito, of course, is the perfect person to play him. So that's great. It's too bad he's going to get his brains melted. <laughs> <laughs> Stormfront is alive. She looks like she could use a back to tank and the yeah. Darth Vader suit, um, <laughs> but not alive for long because she like bites her own tongue off or something and yeah, something. It wasn't off. super clear as to how she killed herself, but yeah, on Homelander's birthday too. Yikes! Um, I loved him talking to the the person contemplating suicide, and you know it's supposed to be his birthday save. And he's like, there's, you know, God's not going to save you. That's all, whatever. He's like, that's rubbish. Like, the only man in the sky is me. I love mm-hmm. that line. And how just full of himself Homelander is. I 
two of the greatest moments of the show so far is one when he's comparing himself to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other is when he's comparing himself to Martin Luther King. Yes. Yeah. I was I was oh, laughing man. at that. Oh my God. <laughs> Persecuted for his power. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. Uh, free what does he say free at last free at last free at last i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> oh wow um but then of course we have just some of the great little things too you have frenchie and kimiko go to the go after um it's not it's scarlet witch but it's not scarlet Witch. it's like crimson something crimson <laughs> something like that uh they go to the queen maves park or whatever in Vought land you have the <laughs> you have like the lgb turkey legs and the oh, blm yeah. blts <laughs> it's like oh the my woke gosh. walk the woke walk <laughs> all the little things that it's just poking fun at at our uh, western contemporary society hilarious you well, have uh, i i keep jumping around but the kind of going along with that is a trains like thing oh yeah <laughs> just trying to rebrand himself as black panther yeah <laughs> and is just that everyone a game around based him on the slave train <laughs> <laughs> everyone around him just like knows what a terrible idea it is and they don't have to be yes men for him like they do for homelanders so he's just kind of getting ridiculed <laughs> yeah and then he's and then homelander's just fat shaming him yeah yeah i think it'd be kind of funny if a train got fat (laughs) (laughs) um chimps don't cry obviously that was hilarious did you know (laughs) that chimps literally do not have the ability to cry (laughs) um that was pretty good that's funny uh you have uh, the Homelander hallucinations. So Butcher is starting to hallucinate Homelander. Mm-hmm. Um, he has like these whole conversations with him, which I'm I'm fairly confident they're hallucinations because the first one I wasn't sure, but then it, the TV yeah, is the one where yeah. Homelander's on TV. I'm like, okay, and I think that the first big dialogue was also hallucination. Then, but they might be, you know, they're they're building up to something there between those two um again i don't know if it was spoiled in the trailers or anything i don't think so i i'm yeah i i'm just genuine genuinely not sure where like butcher's character is going it is i mean there's different uh, there's some different things I'm, i can think of like uh, possibilities but it's just really so up in the air I have a feeling that Homelander will not be the ultimate villain of the series. And whether it will be Butcher, will it whether it will be Ryan, the son, mm-hmm. I am not sure. But we will see. I'm also thinking that V24 has to have some side effect that we oh, do not yeah. know. Other than just the puking. Like I think it's probably like maybe Butcher will die. I could also see that happening. Um, I'm I'm thinking it's just more permanent than they think. And it there's I I was wondering maybe there's a possibility that there's some more long 
long game type thing going on here where like maybe v24 was never intended to be temporary or there's some sort of sabotage behind the scenes with it and somehow they wanted butcher to get it maybe they wanted to give him these powers so then he can fight homelander i don't know there's a lot of possibilities with that stan edgar's always a step ahead man yeah um i love how queen mave was his like informant too Mm -hmm. his rat i love queen mave she's such a great character yeah uh not enough of her so far not yet needs to be in a needs to be in a more she's such a great gray character leaning good and just her dynamic with homelander too is good um meanwhile mm his he's trying to stay out of the game man (laughs) but uh as soon as I saw that his wife was remarried, I'm like, oh, he's back in the game. The birthday oh, party yeah. with all the superheroes. Um, him trying to battle his OCD and all that. I'm like, he's back in the game. He's coming mm-hmm. back. Uh, I thought it was hilarious at Ashley has an, her has her own Ashley yeah. and <laughs> treats her like everybody treated her. I thought that was just, just very on the nose, but also just hilarious. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Um. Uh, then we have Huey, which we haven't really talked about. Huey, he goes and visits like the the soup orphanage, which is interesting because they just accidentally kill all their parents all the time, so nobody mm-hmm. wants to adopt them. Uh, there's a brief mention of Teddy Stillwell. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, Teddy's a lot. Teddy's there. He's the one that teleports. Creepy kid. Um. Ryan's little Lego stop motion movie from the voicemail was so heartbreaking and cute um got some talent he does i wonder how long it took them to make that (laughs) they had to make that uh yeah and then of course we have homelander's birthday uh the celebration Mm -hmm. he's got his breakdown Mm. where you know starlight won't sing for him all that he just loses it he has to like he does not think he needs to apologize for being in love with Stormfront. I also love how they didn't make Homelander a Nazi. Like with the Yeah Mensch yeah. or whatever. When <laughs> when Stormfront's saying all that, he's like, What no, 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 we're not doing that. That's stupid. I'm already I I am the super here like I am the perfect specimen. We don't need to create I am that. I just love how Homelander just views himself as God among men. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I think this is the area where boys has to tread a little lightly because I like. I think it's really easy to make like Donald Trump comparisons with this and stuff, and I don't know various similar things, and that's kind of overdone. I mean, we've talked about it before in other situations, so. Hope they have something new to bring to the table. I don't think they're going to go that direction. I hope not, because I think he said the, the Trump thing has been beaten to death, mm-hmm. so we don't need that in here. I wasn't getting the sense that they were going there with Homelander. I just thought he was just such a narcissist that... I feel... Um, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily going to like run for president, but I feel like just like the role he fills and the way people are reacting, I feel like it could go that way. We'll see. Though. Yeah, it could. Um, we have, uh, (laughs) one of the standout scenes of just Homelander being a bully 
making the deep eat Timothy the octopus. Yeah. That was so disgusting and messed up. <laughs> yeah, I the deep I'm I'm curious to see what they do with him this season. I I'm really I I guess I I don't entirely remember how it ends in season 2. Are they they're just abandoning the cult stuff? I guess. Yeah, so I can't remember. The end of season 2 is so the deep went all through all this stuff with the church of the collective mm-hmm. and all their frescas and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Would you like a fresco? Gets me every time. Um, and then they quit. So basically, um, <laughs> now I'm just thinking of all the fresco lines in the show. Uh, but basically they, he, and then he like reaches out to a train. He's like, Hey, the church of collective could help you too. And then at the end of the second season, the church gets a spot for one and they choose to go with a train and not the deep so the deep is like what i read all your stuff i didn't laugh when you told me the world or like the universe was run by like these stupid aliens and all, mm-hmm. basically all the scientology stuff i paid for all this and he's like screw this um and he leaves with that so he leaves the church and that's why it's like, oh, he escaped the cult. And oh, then okay. Alistar gets his head blown off by Victoria Newman when he's eating a fresco or drinking oh, a fresco. Oh, okay. I yeah, I forgot about that bit. Um <laughs> I'm just thinking of like because uh, the in the second season when they sit down to figure out who oh, how many spots they could get in the seven, San Edgar's meeting with Alistar. He's like, oh, would you like a fresco? He's like, oh, no, that stuff is awful. (laughs) (laughs) And then when the deep quits, he's like, fresco tastes like whatever, like crap or whatever he says as he's like in a rage. So it's like a reverse sponsorship. It really is (laughs) (laughs) like they're defaming fresco. Um, But yeah, eating Timothy the octopus and also just having the fetish for fish in general. The deep is interesting i really didn't like him the second i like hated him the first time watching but now i'm like he's kind of entertaining to have around honestly yeah it's just i i think he's just like such a messed up character and they can do like so many different things with him and yeah as you said like the fish fetish thing and i he keeps like just digging himself into a hole like in different ways he keeps like kind of crawling out and then just falling back in like i just i want to know like what's gonna happen now with him yeah uh back to huey poor huey he has it all put together Mm -hmm. and then he finds out victorian newman is the soup who's been blowing everybody's brains off um i thought it was a nice little touch too when she like uh kills the, the guy who calls her Nadia forget his name mm. and Huey is kind of watching and like the whole purpose of going with Victoria Newman was so he wasn't covered in blood and guts all the time and then the blood and guts of that guy literally fall upon him <laughs> as he's watching him I'm like oh poor Huey and Huey's met his breaking point mm-hmm. he's like full blown I'm with Butcher this is what we need to do interesting character arc we'll see where that goes yeah. I was not expecting that um, but it's like Butcher's lost his canary. Now that Butcher's lost his canary, what is Butcher going to become? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we'll and then there's like the scene where, you know, Butcher's going to like, you know, vow to do it the right way as, as Huey has said. And then mm-hmm. Huey's like, no, screw this. Yeah. Really interesting flip 
there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see where that goes. You have the whole sequence with Butcher going to the the VRA, the Vought Rifle Association. <laughs> um, you know, you had gunpowder saying all the the NRA things, and I thought they balanced it pretty well. Like again, it could go off the rails, but I thought they did a decent job of mm-hmm. poking fun and um, not being super on the nose to the point where it's annoying and the plot was still compelling. Um, he had that whole shootout and of course Butcher uses the, the V24 and basically just destroys gunpowder mm-hmm. lasers his head off so interesting and then we have the whole bit with Mallory's backstory in Nicaragua which yeah. I thought was interesting you even see like glimpses of Black Noir what he looked like who he was before he kind of went through his traumatic injury um, yeah, no, I thought that whole Nicaragua Nicaragua sequence was great. Yeah, and Soldier Boy. Do you think... Okay, so there's the whole mission with Soldier Boy. Predictions for where what's going on with that. I really don't know. Um, Do you think he is dead? No. I don't either. Um, although I wouldn't be surprised if he turns out to be, because I feel like everyone's expecting him to be alive. That would be a twist in and of itself i think um that he is actually dead um but yeah i don't like i don't know i don't think there is a weapon i think yeah this is just a wild goose chase but yeah i don't know or if there ends up being a weapon homelander will destroy it yeah somehow it's not going to be that easy um i don't know i I'm enjoying so- what little we've seen of Soldier Boy, though. Because, I mean, it, it, played by Jensen Ackles, one of the stars of Supernatural. Um, he uh, is he's doing a very good Captain America impression, but Captain America, but <laughs> Yeah. Um, then I guess the only other bit I have in here is Starlight's whole dynamic and relationship with the character Supersonic. Mm-hmm. Who is like the Justin Timberlake, yeah, <laughs> boy toy in sync guy, um, from her past, from the Capes for Christ days. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously qualifies to get the one of the roles for the seven over the two women, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, against Starlight's will, and mm-hmm. he is definitely dead. He's oh yeah, 100%. the most dead man on the show right now. <laughs> He should be wearing a red shirt on an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> you really should. That would be the t- twist if he lived, honestly. Yeah, right. Man, that, he's a dead man walking. Um, we're, we're going into love triangle territory. We'll see. I don't know. I feel like I don't think be it's going to go that way. I hope not. I feel like it could get a little old, but yeah. we'll see. Well, and it's, I mean, every scene that's like potentially had any like tension between starlight and supersonic like starlight is very clearly just like viewing like it there's nothing like no affection like romantic on her side it's just like more of a friend thing so it would be coming out of nowhere almost if they went that way i don't know i think there's some tension and i'll disagree with that one but anyway i got through all my notes holden all like 35 of them (laughs) so Anything else that stood out to you from 
I mean the boys. I mean, we didn't talk about the scene where Homelander talks about how he'll just like <laughs> t- like destroy the oh yeah infrastructure. He's like, yeah, go ahead, Starlight, publish the video. That's your like. If you want to do that, then this is what will happen. And he's got it all planned out. You know, White House, Pentagon, Capitol building. Then I'll go after you know the internet, the infrastructure, all these things. I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, I prefer to be loved. But I can also be feared. That's whatever he says is like that's a okay by me or whatever yeah. he says. <laughs> yeah, Homelander is insane. He is completely snapped, and I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, they. It's just like how long can they hold him in? Like the whole show. Like as soon as he breaks completely, that is like they. You cannot have more than a season left of the boys at mm-hmm. that point. So I don't know how many they're planning for, but they are they are really getting you know close to midnight on the doomsday clock. That's I, I feel like there can only be one or two more seasons left. Like, yes. Which is fine. I think that that's certainly I'm I'm okay with them ending before it gets drawn out. But Yeah. But yeah. honestly, the takeaway here is the boys is still really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I thought the all three of these episodes were just fantastic. And I, I thought it was funny because I was telling Holden, I'm like, you know, Stranger, Stranger Things season four, which we'll be reviewing next week, everybody starts off just so sad. And the boys season three, everybody just starts off so happy. And I'm like watching these shows at the same time. I thought it was just really funny. But yeah, um, Victoria Newman, she's going to have a role to play too. that whole kind of stuff there's so much stuff going on yeah and uh we will see, we'll see what happens yeah. her character is really interesting too because i'm like she doesn't seem like a villain no i it kind of just but seems she's done like some she's r- being manipulated more than anything she doesn't seem like a villain but she's done some pretty awful awful stuff so mm-hmm. yeah i i feel like she could potentially uh, like very much so end up on the good like with the the boys or maybe like sacrifice herself for a good reason or something yeah but yeah a lot of stuff is like where's the storyline with victoria newman going how Mm -hmm. long can they hold in homelander um what's gonna go on with ryan how is butcher's character gonna continue to develop is huey really gonna stay you know on on this ideology of you know what we have to get our hands dirty playing nice isn't gonna work anymore um, we'll see. A lot of things to pay attention to. We'll have our review of episode four next week, along with uh, everything else that's going. Holy smokes, next week is a loaded episode. <laughs> you thought this was a long, drawn-out episode. We'll just wait for next week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Holden. Anything else to say about the boys? No, I don't think so. Did you want to give a rating? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Uh, I will give these three, I'll just rate them all as one. Um, I'll give nine out of 10, I think. Very good. If I were to give a rating, which I do not do anymore until it's, unless it's a full <laughs> season, I would give them a nine out of 10. Nice. But I'm not. So. Okay. <laughs> that was off the record. Yeah. All right. Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, with all this TV, didn't really have much opportunity to watch any movies, but 
I did watch one thing. Uh, finally, after years of you telling me to do so, I finally watched the behind-the-scenes Phantom Menace thing. Oh, yeah, the uh, beginning. The beginning, what did you think? Um, which is... It's it's just watching a very slow car crash, <laughs> in my opinion. It's just like it's all these like maybe good ideas in theory and watching them slowly come out in execution and just uh, I feel I feel so bad for a lot of the things and there's the just the really sad moment of well sad in retrospect of Jake Lloyd signing his life away <laughs> like. There's a lot of things in here that are very tragic in a lot of ways. Um, it, very cool from a behind-the-scenes perspective, though, too. I mean, it is cool seeing these effects come to life and um, and just having these great interviews. But I, I feel like I took away just more of a, a sadness from this behind-the-scenes thing than anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, very good though if you i mean even if you don't like the prequels i feel like this is just a must-see behind the scenes featurette it's free. Yeah, for free on youtube right it's about yep. an hour yeah about an hour long uh, you can find it just on the main star wars channel actually they uploaded it but it's called the beginning the making of episode, episode one, one i believe is the full title yeah but, i think so uh yeah and i love how like honest it is mm-hmm. like really interesting for a featurette from the people who made the movie, you know, um, <laughs> two scenes always stand out to me, or I guess like a few scenes stand out to me. One is George Lucas when they're watching like the cut and he's yeah. just like hand and head and hands being like, Oh no, what and have he's, I done? <laughs> he's like trying to like everyone around him is trying to like justify like why it is the way it is. And they're like, they're trying to lie to themselves kind of, but yeah, he's like, I think I, I think I was overly ambitious. And the other guys, one of the guys is like, George, you literally go from Qui-Gon's death to Jar Jar like hobbling around. Making, <laughs> like he's like, what? Like, like the tonal shift is jarring. Jar jarring. Jar jar. Jar jarring. Jar jar Abrams. Uh, so... Yeah, interesting. That's one scene that stands out. Another scene, uh, which I will, I, I have plugged this as well to you, uh, is just the audition tapes for mm-hmm. young Anakin Skywalker. How the other kid that stands out was who was the second choice. I don't remember his name, but the New York Times did this excellent uh, short film on him last year called In a Galaxy Far, Far Away. I was almost Anakin Skywalker on YouTube. Uh, it's about 16 minutes long. It is fantastic about the guy who was the ch- second choice for Anakin Skywalker and how that impacted his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Holden, you need to watch that for next week. Okay. Yeah, My homework. Definitely worth seeing. And then the other scene that stands out, I'm pretty sure this is in the documentary, is when Steven Spielberg like sees the battle droids. He's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> This is George. Oh, this is so cool. Yeah, this will be awesome. This is great. Just how Steven Spielberg is like the most encouraging man of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's what I love about that is they're they're just clearly such like good friends. And like, I'm sure Steven Spielberg was seeing a lot of this and was like, oh, no, this is I don't know about this. But he's still just, you know, going to give George a big old pat on the back. I'm pretty sure that George wanted Steven to direct him. And Steven's like. 
no, man, I'm not crazy. <laughs> Steven Spielberg was way ahead of his time, realizing just, that you'd have to be a lunatic to want to direct Star Wars. Let me direct uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm glad you watched it, Holden. I think it's definitely worth watching since it's free online. Yeah, um, it's great. Any Anything else, Holden? Yeah, uh, finished Stranger Things. Uh, we'll do a full review of the episodes next week. Um, I, I'm cu- well. I'm curious to see what you think of it. I there's a couple really good episodes that, that I think, and I you haven't even reached them yet. So um, if you're liking it so far, I think it gets even better. Um, yeah, and then I just watched a bunch of TV. Uh, still, I'm caught up on Barry. Next up, there's only two episodes left of this season, and holy crap, man, I am I am so scared for this season. Like, I just don't know what is happening at any given point. There was a fantastic sequence in this last uh, episode, and it was like this really weird, like inner, like highway motorbike chase or dirt bike chase, and it's like kind of slow because it's dirt bikes and they don't go that fast, like relative to like cars and stuff. So it feels kind of like a slow chase, but much more purposeful than like Book of Boba Fett. Um, but it is a really <laughs> it's a really good sequence. Um, probably one of the best the show has had. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's it for shows and then games. I've just been playing a lot more Lego Star Wars and grinding on that and haven't gotten bored yet we'll see i it gives it's just like simple enough that every time i get something it gives me a nice little dopamine rush so i I, it's like nice little kind of turn off your brain and and play it kind of thing so yeah it's kind of nice after a a day at work i can see that trying to think if i have literally anything to share other i i honestly haven't played lego star wars this week just played beat saber a little bit because like i said or like we said so much tv coming out now trying to stay on top of it all <laughs> oh i guess i've been rewatching breaking bad more i got to the first episode uh i got well i got past the first episode where saul goodman appears and boy it is interesting to watch that uh <laughs> in how like little like you know like with the Obi-Wan show they have to be careful like of fitting everything to the dialogue that's in the other movies you could say the same about Better Call Saul. Too, oh, certainly. Bad. Um, I mean, because there's certain things that he says within that episode that are have pretty big ramifications for for Better Call Saul. So interesting. Yeah, I mean, like the names he drops. Even I hadn't watched Better Call Saul at that point, but I knew who they were, and I was like, oh, okay, name drops. There we go. Yeah. Fun. So I'm like, huh? That's I don't know. I might uh, alter what I think may happen in this final six episodes. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very much enjoying that. Um, but yeah, looking forward to next week, Holden, when we do what? So next week we've got, so not only do we have a new episode of Obi-Wan, new episode of The Boys, uh, we have Stranger Things that we're going to cover. We also have Jurassic World Dominion. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of snuck up. Um, can't wait for that. Uh, it's going to be thrilling, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> mm, uh, yeah. Uh, well, Let me just say, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure I know what the worst thing we're going to watch this week is going to be. <laughs> 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 wow. 
So uh, we'll see. I don't know. Obi Wan in the back to tank. <laughs> I mean, hey, if it's, a, if it's a flashback with the, with him just talking to Anakin, it might be kind of fun. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. um, buckle up for a two-hour episode next week. Yeah. I mean, if this one's already at oh, Jesus Christ, man. I <laughs> uh, know Miss Marvel is starting too, but maybe we'll just review that all at once because we have a lot of TV to cover or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, if you want to, uh, leave us a request, you can do so by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by, uh, emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Yeah. There we go. Ready to call it, Holden? We're calling it. All right. We're calling it. Put her down. Take it out behind the barn. (laughs) Old yeller. (laughs) Old yeller. Uh, hopefully next week I won't talk so much, huh? Yeah, geez. A little bit more. Who Holden cares about Obi Wan, dude? <laughs> Apparently you. <laughs> All, right. All right, I'll try not to go on any more thirty-minute rants next week. <laughs> but no promises. All right, adios, pantalones. Love you. <laughs> That one movie podcast.